Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. We focus on Jesus, being like Him and glorifying Him, and aren't afraid to do so, because we've gotten past the world's myopic notion that Jesus and the Bible are irrelevant to issues and life today. I'm Kevin Brownlee. And since the Bible is relevant to issues in life today, I'm going to talk about one word. Yes, another podcast about one word. (laughs) I'm going to talk about one word that is the catalyst that helps the Bible to be relevant to your life and to the issues in your life today. And that word is the word faith. Faith is an elusive word. It's a word that's kind of hard to describe. And yet it is the number one issue in the New Testament. Faith in Jesus is the number one issue. And Jesus is, is our pathway to salvation. But it takes faith. And something else that's really important about faith is, in Hebrews eleven six, it says that it's impossible to please God without faith. So if we're wanting to please God, we kind of have faith and know what it is. And how do we get more? Can we lose faith? How do I strengthen my faith? What does faith produce? And what is the results of my faith? Really? I mean, really, what is the results? Sounds like faith takes a lot of effort. It kind of does. But what do I get from it? If I'm going to give effort to something, I want to know what I'm going to get. We're going to talk about that today, and we're not going to cover everything about it. That's what chapter two in my book is about. It's all about faith. So I would encourage you to get the book, Your Glorious Endeavor, and turn to chapter two, and you will learn an awful lot about faith. And I guarantee you, I mean literally guarantee you, your faith will increase when you read that chapter. What does the Bible say faith is? Well, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can find that in Hebrews 11.1. And boy, is that a very eloquent way of explaining what faith is. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what is faith really? Well, Let's delve into faith a little little bit and see what we can come up with. I believe that God gives us about 75% of what we need to know to believe in Him. Think about that for a minute. When you first became a Christian, did you know everything there was about God? Did you fully comprehend Jesus? Romans one twenty. Psalm 19, 1-4, and Psalm 148, 1-10 says that creation gives us evidence there is a God. Enough evidence to draw a conclusion that there is a God. The earth and the heavens are sort of like a missionary, (laughs) but everything isn't explained. You still have to kick in a little bit to round out the evidence. And that what we kick in is called faith. You know, it's almost like Okay, I don't know everything, but what I do know, 
I'm good with that. I'm going with what I do know. And let God fill in the rest, which he eventually will. So what is faith in its basic terms? Well, when you fall asleep at night, do you have faith that you'll wake up? You even have faith that you'll wake up in the same place, right? When you sit in the chair, you have faith that it will hold you up. Even when you know the molecular structure of that chair is mostly open space. Air. (laughs) When you fly in an airplane, you have faith that the air which you cannot see will hold up the plane all the way to your destination. And you'll have faith that the pilot will get you there to where you're supposed to be going. Spiritual things are really no different at all. But some seem to have more faith than others. Just like some people are very fearful of flying. And some are not. (laughs) Faith is something that you're given a measure of. A certain amount of. Some people have more faith than others. But we all should have some and are expected to use and demonstrate it. We can see that in Romans 12, 3-8, where Paul said, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Later in the passage, he says that God gives us gifts by his grace in proportion to our faith. So maybe we want to increase our faith, <laughs> right? 1 Corinthians twelve nine indicates faith is a spiritual gift to those who have a lot, including those who have a little. Also, you're to have faith to be able to use the gifts that you have. Faith is needed to function and serve as a Christian. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, If you have the faith of a mustard seed, and that's a little tiny seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Was Jesus telling the truth? I think he was. Maybe Jesus was saying... Faith is your superpower. Faith can do wonderful things. So let's try and figure out how to get more faith. You can increase the amount of faith you presently have. Romans ten seventeen says, So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You gain more faith by reading the Bible and listening to biblical sermons. John fifteen seven, that's where Jesus said, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. So reading and believing what God says in his word, the Bible, and being connected to Jesus builds faith, especially when you read of others who have exercised their faith and gained more. In addition, Jesus also says that when his words in the Bible are part of your life, you will have the faith that all of your requests will be granted. And when you see that happen, your faith will increase. Increasing faith is tied to the practical application of Jesus' words into your life. Another way of increasing faith is being tested, you know, having it tested. James 1, 2 through 3 says that when trials come, you're to count it all joy because your faith is being tested. You will learn things about yourself then. You'll also learn about your relationship with God. You have the opportunity to show God your faith. In so doing, James says you will learn patience, 
something which we all have to learn, right? Because patience doesn't come naturally. <laughs> patience is a product of faith. And you can get more of each. Partly by going through trials. So faith is something that keeps you with God and His purposes for your life. And the lack of faith can destroy your relationship and your usefulness to God. Hmm. During the Last Supper, Jesus knew Peter would deny him three times later that night. Jesus alludes to this soon-to-occur event to Peter, knowing that his denying Jesus could devastate Peter's relationship and usefulness to Jesus, from which he might not ever recover. You can read about that in Luke 22, 31-32. Sticking up for your relationship with Jesus builds faith. Because that's what Peter did was he denied Jesus. And he cried bitterly because he knew it was a lack of faith that came out. But later, on the shores of Tabga, when Jesus was eating breakfast, he had Peter come over. And he restored him three different ways, which is the same quantity that Peter denied Jesus. But Jesus restored him and his faith and told him, you're going to do some great things. And the result of that is Peter's fantastic sermon in Acts 2, which begins about verse 14. When you read his sermon, you can't help but set your Bible down and smile greatly and say, well done, Peter, well done. You did exactly what Jesus asked you to do. You demonstrated your faith. And you learn faith by going through some, some of those hard times. And that's what I want to happen for us. Because we're all a lot like Peter. Let's face it. When Jesus was being arrested and people were all mad and angry and they looked at Peter and said, Hey, you were with him, weren't you? We'd probably deny it too, just out of fear but we can gain more faith by realizing that and asking for more faith. Jesus prayed for Peter that he was, his, his faith would grow and he would maintain his faith. And he does so for us too. See, Jesus didn't tell Peter to always love him or pay attention to what you're doing and, and obey me so you don't stumble. No, Jesus went to the root of Peter's and our relationship and usefulness. He said to Peter, Indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And I think Jesus prays for us for that too. Faith is what keeps you strong during the tough times in your life when Satan wants to tear you down and destroy your relationship with Jesus. When your faith fails... You're doomed. Remember, Peter walked on water when his eyes were fixed on Jesus, when he had faith in Jesus. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the rough waves around him and the wind blowing, he sank. Maintaining faith through the hard times in your life, as well as the good, takes effort and focus on Jesus. And when you give effort to keep it, you gain more and more faith. Do you know someone whose faith is being tested or is slipping? Consider encouraging them. 
They may resist you at first, but at least give it a try. Learn to listen to the Holy Spirit in you when he prompts you to go sit with somebody or to give them a quick phone call and help them with their faith. I know several steel guys who every now and then I'll call up and I'll say, you know, Proverbs 27:17 came to my mind today. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And this steel guy is here to help help you sharpen your sword, man. How is it? Is it dinged up? Let's sharpen it. Let's turn to Psalm 37, 1 through 5. Let's read that together. The Apostle Paul told the people in the Thessaloniki church in 2 Thessalonians 1, 3, that their faith was growing exceedingly. So it is possible for your faith to increase and get stronger, and your sword sharper. In fact, Acts 16.3 tells us just that. Our faith can get stronger and stronger. Faith is something you must practice and demonstrate to prove you have it. And in doing so, it actually helps grow your faith's endurance, just like working out at a gym. James 2.20 tells us faith without works is dead, so make an effort to demonstrate your faith. Doing so will help you have more. Do some good works where you serve others. Help a widow clean her house or change the oil in her car or volunteer to help at vacation Bible school or visit someone that's sick or hurting. You can do that with a full-time job. Stop by on your way home at a nursing home. It's really cool. Just walk in and say, I'm here to talk with somebody who's a Christian who will understand biblical things just to encourage them. They will give you someone, and it will be a wonderful thing for you and for them. That's just one suggestion. In Acts 14.9, Paul saw a crippled man. Observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed. Hmm. So faith can be something that others can see in you. Endeavor to have faith that others will notice. One of the main ways you can demonstrate and grow your faith is to serve Him. As I mentioned earlier, another way to grow your faith is to help others help you. So how can you help others and help others help you? A good way I think of is to attend a small group Bible study or an accountability group. Paul realized this right away in his magnificent letter to the Romans, right in Romans chapter 1, verse 11 through 12. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of both you and me. Wouldn't that be cool if Paul came to your small group Bible study? Wouldn't it be cool if you went to a small group Bible study? And that will help you to increase your faith. But can I lose my faith? Some of you may ask. It's a bummer, but yes, you can. Paul tells us we can lose some of our faith in 1 Timothy 1, 3-6, where he says to not give heed to false doctrines, fables, idle talk, 
and endless genealogy that cause disputes rather than godly edification. Remember, godly edification or building up produces faith. You see, discussions that have no logical end or that stray away from God's truth can result in you losing faith. Watching CNN or Fox News might do that too. (laughs) Certainly CNN. (laughs) Maybe you have some non-Christian friends or relatives whose argumentative talk comes from false humanistic or New Age ideas, and it's wearing you down. Maybe you spend too much time looking at political news. You know what? When I was listening to Rush Limbaugh almost every day, which is a good program, I just would get angry and frustrated and saddened. And the world is just a big downer, you know? Well, I decided to take my sail out of that wind and hoist my sail in God's wind. And my demeanor, my outlook dramatically increased. Paul says don't hang around too long with things like that or with people like that. And certainly don't give heed to them. That's what he says. It means don't let it have an effect on you. Here's a practical and useful suggestion for allowing God to stabilize your faith when it's sliding downhill a bit. This is guaranteed to stop your sliding or deteriorating faith, to stabilize it and encourage you for the faith that you do have. And it even increases your faith. It's one little phrase, and it comes from Psalm 37.3. It says to feed on his faithfulness. Recall the times in your life when God's truth was clearly evident to you or was faithful to you. Remember specific events where he answered your prayers or brought you through a tough time. Deposit those in your memory bank and withdraw them as needed. The word feed in that passage means to draw nourishment from, to gain strength from God's faithfulness. Use your positive bank balance to strengthen your faith in him. You see, God is the same yesterday as today as he will be tomorrow. So how faithful he was to you in the past is how he will be today and tomorrow. Your faith only increases when you learn to trust God, which comes from recalling his goodness. Faith believes and relies upon God's good character and his promises and his power. You see, the opposite of faith is doubt. Now, I say opposite, but you cannot have doubt without having some faith. (laughs) So when I hear people say they're doubting their salvation and are asking questions, and I don't get too awful discouraged because I just think maybe Satan's attacking them. They truly are saved. They're just going through a little period of questioning, which is okay. Sometimes you got to lift the hood and make sure everything is okay and working fine on the car. Maybe even change a few spark plugs, change the oil, make sure things are running a little better. However, if you let doubts overshadow what God says in his word, it's like giving Satan your hand. He will then gleefully pull you down 
and away from God. Satan wants you to doubt. It's his best tactic to get Christians away from living a life of joy and glorifying God. Remember this. Doubt is the soil that worry and fear and anxieties grow out of. Let me say that again. Doubt is the soil that worry and fear and anxieties grow out of. So don't play in that dirt. After all, Satan wants nothing more than for you to have a life of worry and fear and anxieties and depression and to therefore be a useless Christian. He may not get you totally away from God, and he may have already lost you to God, but he can certainly render you useless. Clean the dirt out of your life, and you will not lose any faith. Replace it with God's good words, and that will increase your faith. Did you know faith is an intentional attitude? Faith looks for ways. Doubt looks for obstacles. Faith sees your proper place and perspective. That usually means we're small and limited and God is big and powerful. Faith says it's okay to have faith, which is not needing to know everything. It's okay that you don't know everything. Faith is understanding that you are not smarter than God. Faith asks God to explain some things to you that you are confused about. And you know what? He will. Faith trusts and allows God. Faith grows the roots of hope. Faith and hope go hand in hand. And I like to say, do your best and give God the rest. I'll give you some hope. That leads us to another essential element, and that is trusting God. Part of faith is just simply trusting God, and faith produces trust. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which is probably a passage that you have memorized. If not, you should. It involves trust. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Sometimes it seems like we're waiting on God and waiting, and He seems distant. Or maybe we think He set us aside as He deals with someone else. And that, however, is simply not true. God is at work while we seem to be waiting. He's teaching us things, maybe patience. Maybe He's hoping that we'll clear out the worldly clutter that's cluttering our mind and focus more on Him. You know, the passage, Be still and know that I am God. Steadfastness, endurance, and of course, trust. Because when he comes through later, you will go, Oh man, that was awesome. I probably overreacted. <laughs> Maybe he's allowing you or others to mature. Abraham never saw many of God's promises. Do you know that? You know all of the promises that he told Abraham, yet Abraham never saw them. Yet he still maintained faith, as evidenced by his unwavering trust 
in God. Trust in God. Are you willing to wait? If not, your faith will be inconsistent, and it may decrease by your own impatience. See, there are no shortcuts on God's path for you. Yet, it still is the best possible path. Remember, God is awesome, He is powerful, and He is smarter than you, and He knows what's ahead of you in life. He's also compassionate and merciful, and He will cause all things to work together for good for you if you continue to love Him and pursue His righteousness. And that will give you peace, which is something else that faith produces. You see, faith produces hope, and hope produces trust, and trust produces peace. Doesn't that sound good? Peace? Having a peace of mind? It all starts with faith. So folks, work on your faith. That's the root of hope and trust and peace. Write down things that God has done for you in the past so you can recall them in the future. Maybe start like a thanks diary or something. I think you've heard me mention that. Some way of keeping track of how many wonderful things that God has done for you or little prayers that he's answered. Remember, God specifically answers specific prayers. So pray for specific things and then notice how God answers them. And that'll help increase your faith too. Faith is super important and I want it to be important to you too. In our next episode, I'm going to take you through the Faith Museum, a place that will really greatly grow your faith and help you really understand faith even more, even further. Again, this is all in my book, Your Glorious Endeavor. This is in Chapter 2, all about faith. It's available on Amazon and anywhere Christian books are sold, anywhere regular books are sold, because it's available through Ingram, which is where all books come from. So I encourage you to get that and tell others about this podcast too, especially if you know somebody whose faith needs increased. Just say, hey, listen to that Blue Jeans Christian podcast that Kevin does. He did one on faith. Why don't you listen to that? Listen to the others too. You can sure learn a lot, I'm sure. So thank you folks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful January 2020. Hopefully I can help you see God's Word more clearly. Have 2020 vision of how God's Word can help you with your daily life and the issues that seem to always creep up each day, which the Bible does address very well and help you through them. Thanks, folks. See you next time.